Don't they sound good? Oh, beautiful. Well, um, we're almost done. I know we've got antsy kiddos. Mine, uh, mine in the mix as well. Um, but one more scripture reading. This, this doesn't come from the Gospel of Luke, though. This comes from the Gospel of John. So just listen to this. This is the opening of, God, of John's Gospel. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness, to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side, has made him known. With that, just a few remarks here. You may have noticed that John's telling of the Christmas, that's John's Christmas story, if I didn't make that clear. John, John doesn't get into the manger and the full inn and the animals and Mary and the announcements from these angels and all this preparation. He just jumps to this. He jumps to this. Um, if we were to sit John down who wrote this gospel, he wouldn't deny any of those details of the story, I assume. He would say, oh, of course, yes, the angels appeared to Mary and to Joseph and there was this drama and they had to go to Bethlehem and there was the census. He would affirm all of that. But... But John wants to communicate another aspect of the truth and significance of what happened from a completely different angle. And the central image that John uses in that passage is that of light. Jesus himself picked up this title later in his ministry saying of himself in John 8:12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but have the light of life. And we could spend hours and days and months and years unpacking the richness of that image. Uh, but I just want to spend about three minutes on it. And we'll call it good for now. We'll call it good. I remember one time, there's this one memory. Has anyone, I actually want to say a show of hands. Have you ever walked in absolute darkness, like outside, like in the woods? Like, like not even starlight or moonlight? A couple of you. I remember this one memory. When I was a kid, I think I was in middle school and I was spending the night with, at one of my friend's house who had like these very lenient parents that kind of let us get away with anything. And that was the house where we would always sneak out in the middle of the night, you know. And there wasn't even anything we were going to sneak out to or for. We would just kind of wander through the neighborhoods and then into some woods. And there was this one night this summer 
It was probably 1, 2 a.m., and it was overcast and dark and gloomy, and we were inside some woods, so trees were even covering the sky, and I remember the feeling that each step I took, like, I just could, I did not know when and where my foot was going to hit the ground. And I've never experienced that, I don't think, before or since, where there's, there's something sub, like, subtle that we all appreciate about walking, even in normal darkness, where you just, you can kind of, your peripheral vision can kind of capture where you're where your foot's gonna land. I didn't have that. And I just remember the terror of kind of just stumbling through and falling multiple times. And what this story, what this story comes to tell us is that like, Jesus doesn't want that for us. That is the natural human predicament left to our own devices, but Jesus has come to bring the light, the light of divine revelation, the light of divine wisdom, the light of divine love. On each of those points, we, the opening of this, those first three verses, he's talking about the fact that in the beginning was this figure, the Word, the Word of God. It was with God and it was God. What John is trying to get us to see is that this Jesus was not simply a baby who was special and born. He, was, he had a pre-incarnate existence. This was eternal God who had come into this world. He manifested himself amongst us. This Jesus has made the invisible, eternal God known. He has enfleshed this God because he is this God. He is the son of this God. What the, the crazy thing that the Christmas story is, is, is telling us and that John makes explicit here is that this baby in this manger that we're singing these songs about was not just a unique and special baby. He was the eternal God in flesh. And if you're not a Christian, if you don't believe these things, I just want you to know that we know this sounds crazy. These are absolutely wild things to believe. Once you get past the cuteness of it and the sort of novelty of it, and you know, we've all got the little images in our heads and stuff, this is wild. Who could, why would we possibly come to believe that this baby that we're singing about was an eternally pre-existent God? <laughs> And I would just have to say, we know this is crazy. And the only reason I think any of us have come to believe this thing is because our own experience of him and or the truthfulness of him and or the beauty of him and or, and or the coherence of these things has become so undeniable to us that actually not believing them somehow becomes the more illogical and impossible and outlandish thing. And that's not a small feat to get to that place, but most of us in this room, we have come to that place where we've come to believe that that truth actually makes sense of the world better than the alternative. So Jesus is the light of divine revelation. It's wild to believe, but it is the truth. It's what the scriptures claim. It's what many of us in our own paths and our own stories, we've come to believe as well. God was made manifest in Jesus. What is God like? Look at him and get the clearest picture you possibly can. He's not just the light of divine revelation. He's the light of divine guidance. It says in verse 4, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Without getting too far into this, what, what John is subtly saying is that Jesus himself is and was and will be the key to healthy, flourishing, abundant, unending life. Jesus has always wanted life and life to the full for his people. And he's come that we might have it. 
He's the giver of life, the source of wisdom for how to actually live into our lives in ways that lead to ultimate joy and our ultimate good with Him. And what this tells us is that though darkness is real, it has and it will not overcome the shining of His light. Third thing we see here, and there's plenty more than just these three, but we'll, we'll stop here, is that Jesus is the light of divine love. Picking up in verse 9, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. The world has, it's saying the world has his fingerprints. He was the one through whom everything was made, but the world didn't know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And then skipping ahead to verse 16, for from this fullness, his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. This Jesus is not just some, he didn't just come to sort of abstractly appear and say, this is what God is like, but it was a mission of love. It was a mission to reclaim what was broken in his relationship with the people he loves, which is you and which is me. He brought grace. He brought the right to be welcomed into his family, never to be separated. He brought peace. He brought truth. He brought grace. He brought love. He has humbled himself. The story of Christmas is the story of the eternal God humbling himself to come into the human story, to literally stand shoulder to shoulder with us, to suffer deeply and greatly alongside us and for us in order to bring us into his family as his children. And so the implicit message here, and explicit too, is receive him. Join his family. Be born of God. Receive this grace, of, grace and truth because it is for you. Whoever you are, it is for you. The Christmas story happened because he loved you enough to bear the indignity of the eternal God becoming infant, vulnerable, weak, endangered to rescue you, to bring you home. And if you have, if you have, I pray that this year, this tomorrow morning as we wake up, and especially those of us with kids, it's going to be chaotic, it's going to be wild, it'll be fun, it's going to be insane in, in a lot of ways. And it's going to be easy to forget the fact that what we're actually celebrating is God himself wedding his nature to ours. The eternal God becoming human to be with us, to rescue us, to save us, to bring us home. So he's the light of divine love. He's the light of divine guidance. He's the light of divine revelation. He's more than that, but he is certainly at least these three things according to John. John who walked with Jesus. So to bring that point home, we're going to do something uh, we didn't get to do last year, but we're going to do this year, which is uh, have a very visceral reminder of him as this light. So we're going to darken the sanctuary lights. I'm going to, I'm going to hit the switches. Justin's going to turn off the Christmas lights for us. Let's see just how dark it gets in here. It could be a little wild. If I can read my notes here. For each of the past four Sundays, I can't read them, and that's okay. See how well I know my stuff here. Um, 
For each of the past four Sundays, we've been lighting these different Advent candles, peace, hope, joy, love. Uh, and tonight we, we light the fifth, as many Christian traditions do, which is called the Christ candle. This is no longer the candle of anticipation. This is the candle of arrival. Because Jesus has come. And I ask that you repeat after me. We'll put this up on the slide. Truly it is that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. The light no darkness can overcome. And that being the case, we take these candles. If you didn't get one, run and get one right now. <laughs> we take these little candles and we pass them back and forth. We're, we're probably going to need some, a strategic runner to get this, get one up the stairs. Whoever wants to volunteer. But we take the light of Christ and we pass it to one another.
Father, Jesus, you are the light of the world. We thank you that you didn't leave us where we were, but you came in, you were born, you took on flesh, you became our brother in the deepest sense of the word. You suffered what we suffer and more. You died, but you rose. Lord, you have saved your people and your love is so great it extends out toward everyone. For those of us, Lord, that know you and follow you, that, that, that call ourselves your disciples, Lord, we pray that we would just carry your light like John did. We are not the light, Lord, but we can bear witness to it. To one another, to those who don't know you. We pray that you give us the boldness to do so, the grace to do so, the wisdom to do so, the love to do so. As we enter the night of Christmas Eve, Lord, and into Christmas Day, may your love and grace and peace and mercy and beauty and goodness just weigh so beautifully heavily on our hearts and minds and spirits, Lord. May we praise you. May we praise you in our homes, Lord. Tomorrow, as we're not gathering together, may we praise you. May we praise you the day after that and the day after that, Lord, even knowing, Father, it's just a little glimpse of what we get to do for eternity with you. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you for Christmas. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.